Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? We dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports on a global scale. We're celebrating our 10th year on the air this year. Thanks for listening couple of notes, you can visit my Sports Business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. You can find our links to become our Facebook friend. And also follow me on Twitter at SB Radio. We've got an amazing show lined up for you this week. NBA Commissioner David Stern. We've got an exclusive conversation with him reflecting on his 30-year run as NBA Commissioner. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. Also, Brian Gordon from the Engine Shop. He's a part of the team that is planning some of the hottest Super Bowl parties in New York around Super Bowl 48. We'll talk to Brian Gordon coming up on today's show as well. I'm joined by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Looking forward to the big game this Sunday. And uh, David Stern interview is awesome, so definitely stick around for that because it was very candid and very uh, just a great interview. Yeah, I mean, obviously you were there while we were recording the interview on the phone with Commissioner Stern. And, you know, I have not seen that he's done other interviews. So it was quite a coup for us to get him. He was the first ever guest on Sports Business Radio way back in 2004. Uh, actually, I'm sad that our radio chats are coming to an end as, uh, you know, his run as commissioner is going to be up at the end of this week on February 1st. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the best commissioners in U.S. pro sports history, Griggs. I think his name has to be at the top of the list. In 1984, NBA games weren't even on live TV. No one in other parts of the world knew about the NBA. Now, I think the NBA is the best promoted global league as far as U.S. pro sports leagues goes. Well, that's the thing. I mean, just look where he's taken it globally outside of the States, and not to mention what he's done here with all the, you know, the mobile app and all the streaming stuff and uh, the different networks that have picked it up and yeah, I mean, it's blown up in his 30 years. It's only been, I think, pretty much positive stuff, and it's just a product now that uh, everybody in the world knows about. I mean, look, every commissioner has the bumps in the road. The Ron Artest going into the stands, the Tim Donaghy scandal. Uh, you know, a lot of people would talk about the uh, L.A. Clippers and L.A. Lakers are the, what was it, the Lakers and Hornets trade that got nixed by the NBA when the NBA owned the uh, New Orleans Hornets. Sure, there were bumps in the road, but if you look at the body of work over 30 years, I'll take Commissioner David Stern over any other commissioner that's ever sat in a U.S. pro sports commissioner seat. And like you said, I just think he's done so much. And I've traveled to China and to Australia and to places all around the world, and you see the faces of NBA players and you hear the fans talking about the NBA. You don't necessarily see that with the other U.S. pro sports leagues in other parts of the world, Griggs. Yeah, it's just uh, it's an exciting league, and he's done a phenomenal job. And that you'll hear some of that in the interview. And it's uh, I think the cool thing about having him on SBR is that he 
you know, you ask some great questions that he doesn't get on the ESPN interviews and those kind of things. It's real, just real candid and real, you know, asking about what he's going to do after he's uh, retired and things like that that you just don't hear anywhere else, and that's what makes it a real exclusive thing. So definitely listen to it. Yeah, and I mean the thing with Commissioner Stern that I'll say too is that he's always been candid in our conversations on Sports Business Radio. I think he hopefully respects the fact that I – uh, did my due diligence to prepare for the interviews. I've never tried to back him into a corner or intentionally make him look bad. And whenever I've had tough questions for him, to his credit, he's answered them and he's been candid with his answers. So I give him a lot of uh, respect for that. And again, I'll miss our conversations with Brian Gordon. You know, I'm actually headed to New York, Griggs, and uh, Brian Gordon's going to tell us about the hottest Super Bowl parties, what goes into planning a Super Bowl party, how do you secure the best performers and uh, hobnobbers for your party, what you can expect to pay if you're going to a Super Bowl party. So that's a conversation that I know we always enjoy this time of year as well. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, just planning my seven-year-old's birthday party <laughs> it puts me into stress. <laughs> I can imagine some of these parties. No kidding. That's funny because I just did my uh, daughter's ninth birthday party over this past weekend. And yes, uh, that had a lot of coordination, I thought. But yes, if you had to do a party with Jay-Z performing a, a direct TV Super Bowl party, that would probably have a little bit more of a level of uh, stress to it. Just a little bit to it. But yeah, those are always fun to hear about. And I mean, it's just amazing some of the, the acts they get and the names they get and the tickets uh, to get into these things. It's crazy. So, all right, give me your pick for Super Bowl 48 Broncos and Seahawks. Who do you see uh, taking home the trophy? Um, I love both teams, but I am a Seahawk homer, so I think the Seahawks will take it, um, and it's going to be a lot like the San Fran game with Seattle where it's going to come down to the kind of the last second. I think it'll be close throughout. Seattle wins uh, by three in the end. I am going to go Denver. Uh, I think Peyton Manning is having one of those all-time special years. I think he's diligently watching tape of Seattle's defense, which is one of the best in the history of the NFL, uh, statistically, if you look at this past year. But I think Peyton Manning will figure out a way to use the weapons that he has on offense to beat that Seahawks defense. And I don't know that Seattle is going to be able to keep up scoring-wise with Denver, especially if they put 14 on the board in the first quarter and maybe 24 by halftime. I don't know that Seattle's got that kind of offense to be able to keep up with Denver. But I do think it's going to be a very entertaining game. And Griggs, you know, if you look at the point spreads over the history of the Super Bowl, I think it's only five games have had a point spread of less than a field goal. This game is one of them. So the odds makers think it's going to be a close game. And we know that tens of millions of dollars, actually billions of dollars, when it's all said and done, uh, some odds makers in Vegas say that 10 billion dollars legal and not legal will be wagered on this Super Bowl 10 billion dollars that's incredible that is crazy and I know it's always fun to see the different little things that people bet on like the color of the Gatorade and the national anthem and all these different things that people get into it's kind of fun the other thing too that we'll mention quickly because I know that you enjoy this as much as I do is the commercials for Super Bowl 48 and we can tell you that Fox Sports is sold out so the game is on Fox and the inventory sold out. It actually sold out a few months ago. Yeah. And it's record prices for a 30-second spot. Companies are paying between 4 and $4.5 million just for the time for that 30-second spot. And Griggs, what I always tell people is that's just a fraction of the cost for the Super Bowl spot. If you are going to go out and recruit uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or some celebrity to be in your spot, like is the case this year, 
uh, the production of the spot. Normally, Anheuser-Busch, Pepsi, they have a few different spots. You're looking at tens of millions of dollars when it's all said and done. And that's really why the smaller companies have kind of been uh, pushed out from advertising in the Super Bowl. They just don't have those mega budgets like Anheuser-Busch and Pepsi and other companies to be able to advertise around this game anymore to become too expensive. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the the actual airtime is probably the cheapest part of the whole, the yeah. whole routine because you're right. I mean, you get celebrities involved, you get you know the widening Kennedys of the world and ad agencies putting these things together. I mean, it's uh, it's a massive process and a ton of money. But hey, it's always a fun. I and mean, the commercials are usually you know ninety percent of them are awesome, so it's fun to watch that part of the game too. I know we've seen him in past Super Bowl spots, but my guess, just my guess, I don't think we're going to see Justin Bieber in a Super Bowl spot this year. <laughs> yeah, probably not. He's had a rough last week. Yeah, he's had a tough one. All right, coming up next, our conversation with Brian Gordon from The Engine Shop, the hottest Super Bowl parties in New York City. What's the difference between a Super Bowl party in New York City and one in Florida or Phoenix or one of the warm weather cities? How much can you expect to pay if you're going to try and buy your way in to one of the hottest Super Bowl parties in New York City? We'll talk to Brian Gordon coming up next. And then after that, it's our big interview with NBA Commissioner David Stern reflecting on 30 years as Commissioner of the NBA as he gets set to leave office this week. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. Hi, it's Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I team with nationally known sports writer and broadcaster Rick Buecher former Nike PR senior executive Lee Weinstein, and veteran strategic communications executive John Lashway to form media and social media training firm Everything is on the Record. The Everything is on the Record team provides a unique blend of strategic PR and journalism expertise to our clients. We have worked in the trenches in corporate boardrooms with CEOs and company spokespeople. We've also worked in newsrooms alongside editors and reporters. Everything is on the Record uses an innovative and unique approach to media training. Through the use of current media and social media examples tailored specifically for you, we prepare you for how best to relate to the digital media world that exists today. Whether you're meeting with a reporter, sitting at your home computer, or typing on your smartphone, you're on the record. We'll also put you through real-life scenarios where you'd be dealing with a reporter so when you see the real thing, you'll be well-prepared and comfortable. With a goal of enhancing your image, protecting your reputation, and helping you connect with the people who are most important to your brand, we will show you how to develop the skills you need to be successful in a world where everyone has a camera, a recorder, and a desire to make news. For more information on our services and to learn more about our team of communications all-stars, go online to everythingisontherecord.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at everythingisontherecord.com. You can call us today at 503-701-2215. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Brian Gordon. He is with the Engine Shop. You can find the Engine Shop on Twitter at Engine Shop. He's joined us before on the show right around this time of year to talk about some of the best Super Bowl parties. Brian, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. You got it. Good to be back. So tell me what you're working on as far as Super Bowl this week. I know it's going to be a busy week for a lot of people. What do you guys have going on? Uh, staying warm, as everybody's heard, is mission number one. Um, but there's a lot going on despite that this, this week. Uh, two of our events, and then certainly we can get into some of the other stuff going on around town. 
we've been working on the ESPN party for over a decade now. So that's one of the big ones that we're doing on Friday night and looking forward to. And uh, another big hospitality event called the 50 yard lounge, which is right in midtown Manhattan. Those are our two big events for the week. So when you do these events and you're hired by ESPN and by clients, what are they looking for from you? Are they just trying to get as many influential people in the door as possible? What are they trying to accomplish? No, I think it's a lot more complex than that. I think what gets the headlines is who was there and who was on the red carpet and who's performing. But there's so much more that goes into it um, aside from, you know, the bold-faced names that everybody hears about after the fact. There's so much logistics that go into it, um, where to be uh, working with, you know, literally 20 or 25 different vendors. I mean, all of the things behind the scenes that you need to do to make sure an event like this comes off, that's what nobody talks about unless, of course, uh, you don't do a good job or something happens and then that's all anybody wants to talk about. But a lot goes into putting on one of these events, especially with all the complicated, you know, pieces that, that New York City adds to the mix. You talk about New York City and the difference between Florida or Arizona or a warm weather location and, and just being more compact on the island. Yeah, I think there's two things. I think people tend to dump this New York City thing into cold weather thing, and, and they're really two totally different um, issues which are impacting Super Bowl week. I think a cold weather city, and, and we saw it last time in Indianapolis, we did one in Detroit. It turned out that we had one in Dallas, although that wasn't the plan. Um, cold weather definitely has an impact, um, but the bigger impact is just the nature of New York City and the sheer size and scale of the city that even something as big as Super Bowl just can't even make a dent in. And I think, you know, going around the city this week, um, you could go around certain places in the city and really not even know that Super Bowl is happening. And, and you know, in my 14 years, I've never been in a city where that's the case. Um, and so, yeah, the cold weather is going to have an impact, but, you know, people can deal with cold weather. But the strange thing is just to go around the city and it not to be that big a deal compared to, you know, any other market that I've ever done a Super Bowl in. Wow. Brian Gordon from The Engine Shop is joining me here on Sports Business Radio. Find The Engine Shop on Twitter at Engine Shop. So tell us a little bit about the ESPN party. Are you able to share some details of who may be performing and who some of the VIPs are that may be appearing at the party? Yeah, well, I think now, uh, particularly after last night at the Grammy Awards, um, Kendrick Lamar is uh, the headline performer, and and he just tore it up last night with Imagine Dragons at at the Grammys. And so I think everybody now is looking forward to that performance, and he's become, you know, one of the real hot names in music. Um, Not that he wasn't before, but I think even more so after last night. Um, And he's doing a couple of events, but ESPN is the first big one that he's doing, and then he's doing another event on Saturday night. So I think that's going to be the thing in the moment that everybody looks forward to is what he's going to do in his performance. Um, and then ESPN really has been known um, now as as if you're interested in rubbing elbows with celebrity and in particular athletes, um, that's really the ESPN event. You'll be walking around the party and you'll see um, some of the great retired players. You'll see some of the top current players. You could be walking around and see Eli Manning hanging out and talking to somebody. Or um, And I think that's been one of the fun parts about the party is they don't really segment a lot of the talent from everybody else at the party because it truly is an all VIP event. So if you're lucky enough to have a ticket, uh, you will be rubbing elbows with people that you've only ever seen on TV. And I think that's one of the things that makes that event so special every year. So here's a question I get all the time. And I know we've 
sort of talked about it before when you've been on with me, but when you're trying to secure a, a performer, a Grammy artist, or even uh, someone who's a former athlete, an NFL Hall of Famer to rub elbows with at these parties, what do you have to do to get them there? Are you compensating them financially? Or are you just saying, hey, here's some tickets to the party? How do you get them there? Well, I think there's in different situations, there's different answers. Um, you know, certainly if somebody is going to perform, then they're going to get paid to perform. And, and whether that's um, Kendrick Lamar at ESPN or, or Jay-Z at DirecTV, um, you know, they're going there, they're working, they're doing a performance. Um, now there's obviously a benefit to them from a publicity standpoint or being a part of Super Bowl week um, that may alter what a traditional price would be, but they're definitely getting paid. Now, you've got other parties where you've got hosts. So you have some of the, you know, typical, we call them pay parties, where the majority of the people there are made up of people that buy tickets as opposed to VIPs that um, have been sort of hand-picked. Um, and so you've got events like Leather and Laces that happens every year or Jocks and Jills, these things that hire beautiful women to be on the bill, and then people pay money in order to, you know, hopefully rub elbows with them. Um, and those women will get paid to host an event like that. And in most cases, if you have an athlete hosting an event, they're going to get paid as well. Um, but your big events like your DirecTVs and your, your ESPNs, Typically, the headline performer will get paid. Everybody else is there because that's what you do Super Bowl week is you kind of go out and you're, you're, you know, to be seen. Here's the question everyone heading to New York for Super Bowl week will ask is, how do I get into one of these parties? Can you pay your way in or is it invite only? Well, most of them this year, um, and the trend actually has been moving more in the direction of you can buy your way in. Um if you have the money to do it. Um, some of the events, and actually most of the events this year, do have a ticket price. You can buy them. Um, but that even just some of the hotter tickets like ESPN or DirecTV, while no tickets are on sale, somehow some tickets seem to always fall, find their way to the secondary market. And the ticket brokers, you obviously just have to be really, really careful to make sure you're getting a real ticket because security is very tight at the door. Um, and if you don't have a real ticket or if somebody sold you something that they weren't supposed to, um, you might be in real trouble. So for the most part, this year you can get access to most of the parties. Um, DirecTV and ESPN are the two big ones that everybody is sort of trying to get into and having a lot of trouble because it really is invite only. So ballpark number, if I wanted to buy my way into a Super Bowl party, whether it's one of those elite ones like ESPN or DirecTV or middle to lower tier, what am I looking to spend? You know, Forbes just did a great article a little while, a couple of days ago, which which started to peg those prices. And and really, the range on the lower end was uh, three or four hundred bucks, um, all the way to the higher end of ESPN, Directv, and even the uh, NFL tailgate, um, where you're starting to talk between a thousand and two thousand dollars for a ticket. So in some cases, um, you know, these parties can cost you uh, as much or more than a game ticket, although the game tickets this year are a little more expensive than in, in years past. Uh, before I let you go, just your general sense for the atmosphere in New York. I know you said earlier in the interview that, uh, you know, you go to some places in New York and you don't even know the Super Bowl is taking place. But just as far as like hotels and crowds and ease of getting from point A to B, uh, is it no more difficult than it normally is to navigate New York or is it more difficult? Well, New York is so used to holding big events, and granted, this is an even bigger one than, than most. Um, so for the most part, everything is fine, and I think it's business as usual. I think any of the 
slowdowns or difficulties are going to be caused by an abundance of caution, additional security, and just trying to make sure that everything is safe and that, that nothing happens. Um, so for the most part, I don't think people are really going to have a heck of a lot of problems. But you know, obviously, if you're trying to cross town, you can't cross town in Midtown because of Super Bowl Boulevard and there's some basic things like that. But for the most part, New Yorkers are so used to big things happening and, and being aware that you know certain subway lines may be compromised or you can't get across town in a particular place. You know, we're all pretty savvy, and and I think anybody coming in from New York is probably or into New York is probably staying at a at a hotel, and they're going to find their way around town. So I think it's going to be fine. I think New York's going to come off looking okay, and it looks like now the snow is going to hold off, and you know the temperatures even seem to be going up as we get closer to game day. So it should be a good week, despite all the uh, the news that that it could be a weather disaster and you know big city disaster. Any other suggested parties or activities that you'd recommend for people coming into New York during Super Bowl week? Well, you know, I mentioned a couple of the uh, of the pay ones. I think the secret in New York um, this year is going to be to find the party that's not an official party. And because New York has so many great places, so many great sports bars to go, I think you're going to end up being able to find just as good or better a time in some cases by knowing some of the cool spots to go that that may as well be a Super Bowl party. And a couple of those, uh, Bounce uh, is a sports bar that gets very crowded, very hot place, great vibe. And Ainsworth is another one. Those are two spots that if you don't have a ticket and you don't know what you're doing, uh, if you end up there, you're going to have a wild time regardless. Well, it sounds like a fun week. Sounds like you guys are on the cutting edge of the planning as usual. Uh, Brian Gordon with the Engine Agency. You can find them online at engineshopagency.com. Find them on Twitter at Engine Shop. Brian, thanks for making the time to join us as always. All right. Thanks so much. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. My guest is NBA Commissioner David Stern. He's retiring at the end of this month after 30 years as NBA Commissioner. Commissioner Stern, thanks so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Hey, it's always great to be with you. We've been doing this for a long time, Brian. We have, and I'm actually very sad that it's coming to an end. I've got to ask you over the next few weeks, what's on your to-do list? Is there anything left to do as NBA commissioner that you want to do before you check out? The only thing I'm doing is my final tour is to say thank you to my colleagues at the NBA. I 
I'm holding a series of lunches because what we've done here over the last 30 years is not one person, it's 1,200 people. And so, and believe it or not, of the 800 people here in New York or there or that thereabouts, uh, over 400 have been with us for 10 years. So uh, I just finished one today, and I'm going to have two more to go. And uh, it's all about thank you. What are your emotions like right now? It's got to be, you've been doing this for so long. How are you feeling emotionally? You know, I find that life is just a puzzle, and it excites me. And I've always enjoyed what I've done. I loved being a lawyer when I was at a firm. I loved being a lawyer at the NBA. And needless to say, I've had a great, great job for the last 30 years. But now on to the next adventure. I'm going to be very excited. I don't know exactly what it is. It's going to be a little bit of the NBA, a little bit of board service, a little bit of speeches, a little bit of traveling. Uh, and a number of opportunities I'm in the process of uh, considering. So I'm going to be keeping quite busy. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. When I've had you on before, I said, if you weren't NBA commissioner, what might you be doing? And you told me uh, on one of our previous visits, you might be working behind the deli counter at Stern's Deli. So it sounds like you've got a lot of uh, fun and interesting things planned for the future as well. I do. I do. There have been a lot of people who've been calling and saying, would you ever consider this? And would you ever consider that? And I'm, my usual answer is, I had never considered it before, but now that you're calling, let me think about it. Uh, because I want to, I want, I want to uh, make the trip a, a, along a path that doesn't overbook me and doesn't leave on the other, one hand, but doesn't leave me doing nothing on the other. Because I have to keep busy. From increasing franchise values for your team owners to taking the NBA global to securing incredible TV and digital rights deals, so many other things, you're leaving an amazing legacy. But I want to ask you. What is your most proud moment uh, in your tenure as NBA commissioner? What are you most proud of? You know, in an interesting kind of a way, I'm most proud of the fact that our players sit atop the pyramid of celebrity, considering the Mm. fact that when we got involved with this league initially, our players were at the bottom of that pyramid. How they play, how they conduct themselves, the contributions they make to their communities are all very, very well received. And that makes me very, very excited. On everything else, you know, it's, it's, our, it's our team of 1,200 people that knocks themselves out every day. And I'm very, very proud of all of them for what they've done to get us to the point that we're now at. Well, and I think of all the people like you just mentioned when you go to these luncheons that have worked and stayed with you for so long. And obviously, Adam Silver is the best example of that. It says a lot about you for people who want to stay with you that long and remain at the same company that long. That doesn't happen as often anymore in business. You know, I, at lunch today, I said to young, one young lady, I said, how long have you been here? She said, 24 years. I said, <laughs> Really? She said, I have friends that have had 12 jobs in those 24 years. And I said to her and to others, that's at some way that's good. That's my good. But on the other hand, it's our people like each other and they do a good job and they push each other in positive ways and they make friendships. So it makes me very proud to have a, a an organization that is both successful, increasingly diverse and enjoys working with each other. 
What was your greatest challenge as NBA commissioner over 30 years? You know, honestly, there have been a lot uh, from Magic announcing he was HIV positive to Ron Artest going into the stands to Tim Donaghy having a you know, uh, having us informed by the FBI that he was a subject of an indictment and an investigation. We've had a lot of challenges that are, I guess I would call crisis. But at the end of the day, the most important challenge was how do we take this league that is perceived as too black, that's grossing as it did in 1978, $78 million, and bring it to a place where it's grossing five and a half billion and the players are so very well received deservingly so if you could take a mulligan on one decision that you've made what would you do over again or is there nothing that you would do over again well you know it's interesting small things i can't think of anything uh monstrous but i think i would you know i i overexpanded the wnba too soon uh, and we lost some teams, and so now we're down to 12, but it's in its 18th year and doing well. I I decided on a model for the NBA Development League because I was certain we needed a league, and the eight teams that I launched under that model are all out of business now, mm-hmm. even though we're up to 17 in a different model. Uh, I'm a, I always second-guess myself. So, you know, probably everything I did, I did, you know, in some combination of strategic and hunch, and when you do that, you make some wrong decisions, but you keep on pushing. You just returned from London. Are we going to see uh, NBA teams in Europe any time in the next decade or so? What's your thoughts I, on that? I now know the subject of your first interview with Commissioner Silver. <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, I think there will be, but who knows? We'll have to see. I would say, you know, we say 10 years from now every 10 years. So we're on our second 10-year <laughs> cycle. So I do think eventually there'll be NBA franchises in Europe. There'll be a division eventually, but we're looking at 10 years from now. Just a few minutes left with NBA Commissioner David Stern, who's ending his 30-year run as commissioner at the end of this month. For people who don't know Adam Silver very well and just know him as your heir apparent, Tell us a little bit about Adam Silver and what people can expect from him. Well, he is also a lawyer. He's incredibly smart. And he's even harder working than anyone I know, including me. He gets along well with people. And he is so finely uh, attuned to everything NBA He's been responsible for NBA Entertainment, which is our production arm, for NBA Digital, which is NBA TV and NBA.com, for globalization. I mean, we've been working hand-in-hand together for 22 years, and this is going to be his sixth job at the NBA. So he knows every aspect of the business, and he's going to be a great commissioner. Your last meeting with... I forgot to add, he's got a great uh, 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 golden golden retriever. (laughs) And so he has to go out in the morning and walk her and out in the evening, and he's a devoted dog owner as well. That's good. I am too. Do you have a dog? I used to. It was the... uh, 
now we've morphed from dogs to cats. I got you. So uh, before I let you go, 30 years from now, what do you want people to say about David Stern? Just that he steered the good ship NBA in an intelligent fashion, and it was uh, better uh, when he left than when he got there. Well, there's no doubt there, and I'm not just saying this because you're on with me right now, but I think you're the best commissioner in the history of sports. You were the first ever guest on Sports Business Radio. You've always been so gracious to join me on this show. Thank you so much, and the best of success and good health to you in retirement, and I really mean that. Thank you. Those are very kind and generous words. I greatly appreciate them, and thanks for having me on one last time. Thanks, Commissioner Stern. Best of success. Thank you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. We're back, and it's time to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thank you so much to our guests, NBA Commissioner David Stern. I will certainly miss our conversations that we've had over the last 10 years, and uh, I'm sure he's on to good things and big things in the future, and uh, I hope that we still stay in touch. We traded some emails recently, and uh, I hope that we stay in touch even though he won't be in his role as commissioner of the NBA anymore. But uh, what a gracious person to always uh, be candid and join us here on Sports Business Radio. Also want to thank Brian Gordon from The Engine Shop, who shared with us some of the best Super Bowl parties coming up around Super Bowl 48. Uh, A reminder, you can catch our show via podcast anytime you want. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on the Swell app. Tune in radio. We're on a variety of no other apps, Stitcher. So uh, lots of places you can find us on demand for your uh, enjoyment and listening at your convenience. A reminder, we've got the Sports PR Summit coming up on May 22nd at the MLB Fan Cave in New York City. And if you're a senior PR executive and you want to attend the event, you can register by going to sportsprsummit2014.eventbrite. Dot com sports PR summit 2014 com. You've got to be a senior PR executive to be able to attend, but we'd love to see you. 
at the MLB Fan Cave on May 22nd. We've got featured conversations with John Wartime, who's the executive editor of Sports Illustrated, with ESPN's Jeremy Schapp. We've got some great involvement from uh, league PR executives who will be on our panels this year. So it's going to be a great event once again at the MLB Fan Cave. Thank you to our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, and Doug Zanger. You can follow me on Twitter at SB Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Hi, it's Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I team with nationally known sports writer and broadcaster Rick Buecher, former Nike PR senior executive Lee Weinstein, and veteran strategic communications executive John Lashway to form media and social media training firm Everything is on the Record. The Everything is on the Record team provides a unique blend of strategic PR and journalism expertise to our clients. We have worked in the trenches in corporate boardrooms with CEOs and company spokespeople. We've also worked in newsrooms alongside editors and reporters. Everything is on the Record uses an innovative and unique approach to media training. Through the use of current media and social media examples tailored specifically for you, we prepare you for how best to relate to the digital media world that exists today. Whether you're meeting with a reporter, sitting at your home computer, or typing on your smartphone, you're on the record. We'll also put you through real-life scenarios where you'd be dealing with a reporter so when you see the real thing, you'll be well-prepared and comfortable. With the goal of enhancing your image, protecting your reputation, and helping you connect with the people who are most important to your brand, we will show you how to develop the skills you need to be successful in a world where everyone has a camera, a recorder, and a desire to make news. For more information on our services and to learn more about our team of communications all-stars, go online to everythingisontherecord.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at everythingisontherecord.com. You can call us today at 503-701-2215.